don't look now, but Joey Porter Jr. and Corey Trice Jr. are both turning heads at the cornerback position in, o- in OTAs. I'm Christopher Carter, host of your Locked On Steelers podcast. We're going to talk about that and more about the secondary. It's going to be a fun episode. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting app and especially on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all your daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making us your first listen every day because we're your team every day. Now, before we get going, I want to remind everyone, or I want to just state, I apologize for Jenna Harner not being here. She had some important things to do with the Penguins hiring a new president and everything. So if you want to hear more about that, go to Channel 11 where she did a lot of great reporting on that or listen to Locked on Penguins with Hunter Honies who did a great job covering it there as well. We have a Locked on Penguins show just like we have Locked on everything. But I want to talk to you guys about some of the conversations I've had in the Steelers locker room during OTAs. And I've been very intrigued to see how the rookie cornerbacks are doing. Because Remember, it's not just Joey Porter Jr. It's also Corey Trice Jr. And Corey Trice is not going to have nearly as much on it, but if both are able to develop into starting cornerbacks for the Steelers, it gives them two six foot three physical guys on the outside who could be there for the long term and could be big important pieces for this for the Steelers moving forward. But the question is, how are they going in? And we know OTAs aren't everything. It's just it's it's still just football in, in shorts, and you know they're they're not fully doing everything, but. The veterans are getting to see how smart these guys are, how they're taking on assignments, how they're taking on instruction, how they're taking in uh, taking in the game and the process that w- of which they're doing it, how they're filling in their assignments and being in the right places. And so far, it seems like guys have their heads on straight. Uh, Patrick Peterson even praised Joey Porter Jr. Uh, uh, this past week. He talked to the media saying that, hey, you know what? You know, he's like Patrick Peterson. He's probably going to be lining up in a bunch of different spots. But he said Joey Porter Jr. has been playing on first, second, and third teams. Anywhere you put him, he seems comfortable. And he expressed confidence confidence in the rookie. And I wanted, I, I got a chance to talk to Joey Porter Jr. this week. And my lead leadoff question was a question about listening to the right messages. Because when you're a, a, the athlete or the son of a famous athlete and you're becoming an, a professional athlete, and of course he's Joey, Joey Porter Sr.'s son, you're going to get a lot of advice from a lot of different directions. And that can be challenging because sometimes you may get conflicting advice. You may get, you know, you may get challenged, you know, things that you're like, I'm not sure what to listen to here because everybody's trying to be in your ear. So I wanted to ask him this question, not for the sense of just simply just seeing yes, yes or no, but to see how he responded to it. I think it was an interesting response because he had he 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 sat there and thought about it and gave some and gave a good answer to that as well as a few other questions that myself and Jenna Harner threw at Joey Porter Jr. Here he was in the Steelers uh, Steelers locker room after OTAs earlier this week. Want to be your mentors? No, not really, because they're all trying to give me the good good message, the good insight on the game, and really just learn. So every time somebody new come up to me, I try to take that with a grain of salt and just keep moving forward. What's Patrick Peterson been like so far in the first few practices you guys had? Yeah. Man, he's been great. Uh, he just really took me in under his wing and just telling me the ropes, showing me the ropes. And uh, I'm glad to have him on my squad because without him, I wouldn't be able to learn so much about the game so fast like I am right now. You've been, like, your style of play, whenever I watch you, you're very aggressive. You're getting, you 
like to get in people's faces, use your hand, play aggressive style. Is that is there a way that you have to kind of approach learning, kind of relearning how to be aggressive in the NFL versus college? Uh, not really. There's some little things that I can do, like after five yards, you can't touch the guy at all. So compared to college, so just me and Coach Grady just really been going over that, going through some of my old tapes, going through the tapes I've been through now at practice and seeing the difference of how I play the game. And I feel like we're learning, we're learning pretty quickly. So I'm good right now. I mean, it's great. The first, the first two days were kind of tough, you know, really just getting the hang of it, the speed, the pace, and really just knowing the defense. But now, since it's like my fifth, sixth day out here, it's been really good. Uh, I'm kind of know what I'm doing a little bit more, communicating more. So it's been great. So part of that there, one, the praise for Patrick Peterson as a mentor and what he's doing for him there. But you also hear him talking about the natural progression of things, and I think it's important to note, you know, that you know that hey, yeah, he's feeling more comfortable and comfort isn't necessarily feeling like things are easy, but making sure that you're not thinking as as much to do the more instinctual things you need to do in coverage. So many of the things that the Steelers have done well in their best years when they've had uh, the best defenses is their communication and their ability to just rotate between switches without having to say too much or do too much, and they're not being too much fuss between guys in the secondary. And that's a challenge. It's not easy. It's something that takes time, but part of it is getting it down early in the year, especially for rookies, so that, so that that's less of a question when they get to training camp and the more the more questions they have are just getting used to NFL speed NFL talent because that's a huge thing to adjust for go back to TJ Watts rookie year and you can remember some of the adjustments he had to he had to make uh in in his time and he had some really good moments as a rookie but you could see the rookie factor in him and you're going to see the rookie factor in Joey Porter Jr. I don't think that just because uh, you know, he's people are saying good things about him and he's saying the smart things. And I think those were all really good answers. I don't think that guarantees that he's going to not hit, you know, some rookie adversity there. But I also think that between him and Corey Trice, both of them seem to be handling things well. And I think part of it is the nature of the Steelers secondary as it is. Here was Corey Trice talking about his progress and where he's fitting in with things on the same day when I talked to him earlier this week at Steelers OTAs. Play like a physical style of right. How do you adjust that Yeah, so really just knowing when to do it. So um, you know, um, you know, I gotta make sure that I get hands on within five yards at the press line of scrimmage. And then after I gotta get my hands off. So you really just trying to win early on it down. You know, win early on in the rep, and then like getting my hands off and just running with guys. He's a good guy, man. Anything I ask him, he always put me in the, put me in the, in the uh, right direction. You know, he always looking out. You know, I just I, anything I ask him, he always willing to uh, you know answer the question. So he definitely a good guy. You know, great guy, man. You know, we all trying to get better. We all trying to work. So you know, every day, you know, me him ask each other questions. Sometimes we quiz each other, make sure we know the plays. And now we just go out there trying to uh, you know keep getting better, making plays. Oh no, nah, man, nah, not yet. I heard it's coming, but not yet, man. You know, you know, I mean, everybody around just good people, so. So the last question, if you couldn't hear, I was asking if Corey Trice had been, you know, if Tim and Joey Porter had been hazed a little bit yet, uh, because I was intrigued just to see, you know, what was that vibe like? Because Steelers, they, you know, it's part of the tradition, you know, young guys, they got to carry the bags, they got to do all the stuff. And he said, you know, nothing yet. But I, I went to ask Kevin Dotson the same question about Broderick Jones. 
And he was just like, oh, you know, a little bit of things here and there, not anything major. And then like, I'm like, so I'm like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And I turn around and Broderick Jones is carrying all of the linemen's helmets. And there are like 10 of them. And so he's just like, I am tired of this. I, he puts them down. He's like, y'all sort them out. I am done. And he was he was so frustrated with carrying those helmets. And so that's the little things. And you see the laugh of the older lineman kind of chuckle and laugh. Part of the Steelers camaraderie that camaraderie that they that they do there uh, to kind of bring in the rookies uh, each year. But back to Trice and Porter. One thing that Trice also said that I didn't get to squish into the, into our, our, our questions there because I had to keep these videos kind of condensed to make it work with StreamYard. But um, one of the things that he also talked about is that the coaches are focusing with him on his jamming technique and getting in and out of his breaks and making sure that he is he is staying in the right in the hip pocket in the right spots, maintaining that leverage. And I think that's going to be a huge factor here in the growth of both him and Joey Porter Jr. Both are physical, long cornerbacks with long arms that like to get on opponents and like to re redirect them but it's not just being physical and being aggressive it's it's being timely with it it's it's having technique it's knowing what it's knowing your leverage and knowing how to play with that leverage in different situations and these are the things that are going to come with being a rookie but i think if these guys are receptive to what the steelers are coaching and what the veterans are trying to teach it's going to go a long way with this secondary. And I want to talk more about that secondary in just a minute here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. So don't go anywhere. I'm your host, Chris Carter. But first, before you do any of that, I want to talk to you guys about our great sponsors at FanDuel Sportsbook. Of course, FanDuel Sportsbook, the number one sportsbook in America right now. And if you if you haven't gotten on board, this is a big chance for you with the NBA Finals going on because they're giving new customers a no-sweat first bet. Now up to $2,500 you can get back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win on fanduel.com and when you have to sign up for this just go to fanduel.com slash locked on and you can sign up to claim your no sweat first bet you can bet on will nikola Jokic just get another triple double he seems to always do it will who will win the series looking like the nuggets after game one will jimmy butler win the finals mvp maybe if the heat somehow pull it off but all those things you can bet on an app that's safe secure and super easy to use don't miss your shot at a no sweat first bet up to $2,500 when you join fanduel today just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up make Every moment more with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's continue our discussion here about the secondary. Now, we heard from both Joey Porter Jr. and Corey Trice Jr. and how they're fitting in and, and, and what they're being taught and how Patrick Peterson is, is for them. And I think it, it it poses an interesting conversation that I also expand upon with a bit on another show that I do, Brian Batko and I, for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Uh, we talked about this on the North Shore Drive podcast. So if you if you don't always buy into my perspectives and you'd like to hear some other things, listen to Brian Batko. We had an interesting discussion on that for the Friday episode of the North Shore Drive podcast. You can find that just by searching for it or looking for the Pittsburgh Post Gazette's YouTube page or podcast page. But I think that the interesting part of the about of, of the that the interesting potential, excuse me, for this cornerback room is you have reliable veterans who are good at getting their hands on the football in Patrick Peterson and Levi Wallace. But both Trice and Porter are guys who can be physical, guys who, who are long, who have long arms, they have the right size. They're guys that, that, that can that, that can fit in there. If Joey Porter Jr. is the guy, 
if he it can be the guy that's just plugged in on the outside, Patrick Peterson also acknowledged, hey, the Steelers are talking to him about putting him in different spots. And that may be the slot, that may be kind of like an off-ball extra position, maybe safety, maybe something like that. Though, if uh, you uh, if you listen to Luke Braun of Locked on Vikings, he uh, he posted the uh, – uh, the the uh, the uh, the Breaking Bad meme when he was like, "Don't say it, don't do it," like like you know because he the Minnesota Vikings tried that with Patrick Peterson and it supposedly didn't work. But um, I do think that there's the chance to move Patrick Peterson around and have him be in more positions where it requires communication. Whereas if you play on the outside, and we again I talk about this with Brian Batko on our show, but if you play on the outside a little bit more, you can kind of be reliant on, hey, this is the sideline. I have deep thirds. I have deep half, these quarters, whatever it is. This is my primary responsibility. I don't necessarily have to worry about checking to see, okay, where's the slot right now in this formation? If he if he goes inside, you know, I have to kind of play, kind of have to trail and lead him into a linebacker. Or if he goes inside and the linebackers are blitzing, do I have to maintain inside leverage and hope for backside help? Things like that that, that you have to consider. And I think that that's where Patrick Peterson may come in handy. And maybe the Steelers don't roll with a Chandon Sullivan at, at slot corner as much. I think, still think he gets on the field, of course, but I think that they're going to use a lot of different looks here. But if Joey Porter Jr., and I want to leave Corey Trice time to develop because it takes time for all of them to, to develop, you know, uh, but it, Corey, Joey Porter Jr. was picked 32nd overall. On a normal year, that's a first-round pick, and you'd expect a first-round pick to be starting in year one. Now, I think it could be interesting just to see how do the Steelers want to deploy this to get their top three cornerbacks on the field, and that includes Patrick Peterson they signed in free agency, Levi Wallace, who had a solid year last year in his first year with the Steelers, and Joey Porter Jr., who they picked at the top of the second round as the cornerback who could be the leader of this secondary in the in the coming future. And if Joey Porter Jr. is able to do the things that they're talking about doing, Patrick Peterson talking about him being a starter, he played on all first, second, and third string teams, and he looked he looked uh, uh, solid and comfortable in each each of those roles. I think that you might be in a position where this Steelers secondary could be the key to putting this whole piece together to make this an elite defense. Now we talked earlier this week about them being top five. And they have to be very good to be, for them to be top five. They can't be giving up big pass plays. They do have to be getting turnovers. And I think that when you're looking at this group, and we've talked about this earlier, turnovers and interceptions are a, are a prime concern for, this, for the Steelers moving forward. They know the days are gone of getting threes and outs, three and outs all the time, and, and, and just trusting that and trusting that your, your defense to keep holding in that way. You need, you need big plays. You need opportunities for when uh, for, 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 for your, your defense to create moments for your offense, to get those turnovers, to get the short field, and to, and to have points of the game where you can change the game in your favor. That was when the Steelers were at their best last year was when they were creating turnovers. And if the Steelers do the things up front that we expect them to, the pass rush returning to, to true form and being one of the best in the NFL with T.J. Watt, if, they can, if he can be back for a full healthy season – um, Alex Highsmith coming along, Larry Ogilvy, Cam Hayward still doing their thing, and you have all the other guys filling in those spots. If the run defense stays in the top 10 the way it did last year and they've invested more in the defensive line and some new linebackers to come in there and help, then it really could just come down to how well do these cornerbacks play. And if Joey Porter Jr. is being the guy that 
people are talking about that people are talking about that Patrick Peterson feels strong about that Joey Porter Jr. is talking about like how he's how he's learning and the things that he's being pressed to do and the challenge that he faces right now in OTAs. I think it puts the Steelers in a very good position. Now, the question and a lot of people have is, uh, you know, about Jamar Chase and other top wide receivers that this team is going to face. The Steelers, I think, have shown over the years that they have the guys who can who can help in that situation. If you remember Devontae Adams with the Las Vegas Raiders, there was a lot of hoopla, even on this very show, about, man, how are they going to stop that guy? Because he is one of the best receivers in the NFL, and he does not play around. And then somehow they 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 shut him down for pretty much the entire Raiders game. And it was it was it was a team effort, it was communication, but the communication was the biggest part of that shutdown. It wasn't that Cam Sutton was just on an island and it's just like it's me and you, Devontae. It was, hey, pass him off to this guy, double him here, disguise how we're doubling doubling him there. And I even asked like Devontae KZ about that. And he was just like, I I remember asking him this specifically. It was like, was this the same plan that you used against so and so? And he was like, no, 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 no. We're not giving that up. We're not talking about what our what our what our plans are because they're protecting them. But it is clear that with Terrell Austin, the current defensive coordinator who used to be the DB's coach for the Steelers, Grady Brown, who's now the DB's coach for the Steelers, there's a lot of talk about the communication to disguise things and to take away certain players. And it's not just as simple as putting your best guy on him or lining up a safety over top. It's disguising where that help is going to come from. And I think that this secondary could be in good hands if the if the biggest thing that that is taken away from this these OTAs from mini camp in a couple weeks and from from training camp is that the young cornerbacks know where to be and how to play to that system that will be the key in my opinion for getting this Steelers secondary on track for making them one of the best one of the best units in the NFL getting them in, in position to to force interceptions and again just being in position is going to force quarterbacks to hold on to the ball longer, not allowing them to get off two, you know, passes after two seconds, you know, in just two seconds. And that's going to allow the pass rush more time to get home and do the damage that they do. And that's where you start putting together the pieces to be a great defense. But again, it comes down to the young guys learning the way the old guys have. And it also means the old guys got to learn too, because Patrick Peterson's new to the team. He wasn't, he's not Cam Sutton who, always played five different positions in the secondary for the Steelers. Uh, that's, you know, he's going to have to learn that, but I think that he has learned that he can learn that because he's a hall of fame cornerback. I doubt that he got this far by just be, by not being a guy who can take on several different roles and know how to make those adjustments in a game and even lead making those adjustments with other people in a game. I think if the rookies, if they are being as sound as we're hearing, if they're understanding, if they're being comfortable with the switches, with the communication, and they're not having, you know, they're not having like these headaches or these big, big gaps where everyone's like, whoa, where did you go, buddy? That could be the key to this, to the, to this, to this secondary clicking. Because again, if they're, if they're just in position doing their thing, it won't re- rely on Joey Porter Jr. to make more interceptions in one year than he did in all of college, which granted, if he just did two, that would be enough. Uh, but still, it wouldn't rely on him having to be a turnover machine. It wouldn't have to rely on Corey Trice being a turnover machine. It would rely on this defense being able to cause, cause havoc and cause problems through their scheme. And I think that there is a scheme here that works as long as you don't give up the big play, as long as that you stick to it. And if these guys are sticking to it, the way we're hearing, and when we're talking to these players, talking to them, talking to them themselves, and of course the veterans in their in their same room and how they're studying, 
I think all signs point to that scheme being able to be a solid, have a solid impact on the Steelers plans moving forward. But I think that there's still a weakness on this team as well specifically in this secondary. And it's not just about a specific position. Cause I know a lot of people are going to say, well, slot corner, Chris, it's not just that it's a specific matchup problem that I think could become a kryptonite to this defense. If they're not careful, we'll talk about that here in a minute on the locked on Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We're continuing our discussion here on the Steelers secondary on our Friday episode here. Now, I want to give credit to someone who brought this up, brought this up um, on in our YouTube comments. And I don't always read our YouTube comments because I'm a busy guy. And YouTube comments, y'all be going off sometimes, and I can't always deal with it. But a guy, or, or actually, I don't know if they're a guy, but a person. Well, I guess they're a guy because they say 3 man eleven. I, I give you credit for this if you're if you're watching this show. Know that you're getting your shout out for this question. He said, "Unpopular opinion: The 2023 versions of KZ and Neil are not Edmonds, and we will get cooked by the likes of Kittle and Andrews." Now, of course, the Steelers play Mark Andrews and the Ravens twice, and they play George Kittle and the Niners once. And there's going to be some tight end challenges on the on, on this on the right on this schedule this year. And that is a very good point. And I think part of it is when he said that you know those guys aren't Edmund Demonte Casey and Keanu Neal, they do certain things well, but they don't have the build. Or the I guess the total composition of a of a Terrell Edmonds and hear me out here because I know some people would say well Chris who cares Terrell Edmonds didn't get interceptions Terrell Edmonds didn't have to get interceptions because of what he did for the defense he was he was a guy who um, he was a guy who was kind of as I always look he kind of cleaned up everything he was kind of a janitor in the secondary because he 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 erased problems or I guess an eraser. Would, would, would be the better term there because matchup problems used to be such a big issue for the Steelers. Tight ends would eat them alive. And then when Terrell Evans came in, tight ends could sometimes have really good days, but it wasn't this primary concern of just that was your biggest weakness all the time. DeMonte KZ's 5'11", counting to 6'0". Terrell Evans is 6'1". And moves not just in a straight line fast, but he changes direction fast. He did a lot of different things that made it tough for tight ends to just get open and dominate games against the Steelers. And sometimes they did. It happens. You know, sometimes Darrell Revis gets beat. But Terrell Evans was an important part of that secondary because he could line up with tight ends and slot receivers and outside receivers and running backs and give you pretty solid coverage where he creates a small passing window for you to fit the ball into. And that's not to say that KZ nor Neal can do that job themselves. But that might not be their forte. And if it isn't their forte, if it is if it is a weakness of theirs against t- bigger tight ends in the NFL that are also athletic, it could become the kryptonite that people might be worrying about for the Pittsburgh Steelers defense this year. As much as we're talking about the excitement for the young pieces, the veterans they've brought in, the veterans that are still in Pittsburgh, this could be the thing that that you know that, that, that could be something tough on this defense. Now, here's the other thing, and all the communication parts that I just mentioned in the second segment, there are ways to work around that. And if you remember, like back when the Steelers were getting chewed up by tight ends, there was also the chance, there was also the fact that just those secondaries just weren't highly invested into 
back then. You know, Robert Golden was a starter. Antoine Blake was a starter. Mike Mitchell was a starter. Artie Burns was a starter. Like, like those, those were the years when the Steelers would just get eaten up by tight ends because their guys weren't the best communicators. They couldn't disguise as much. And if you followed me back then when I would do like my film analysis and stuff on that, I was one of my big emphasis was just that they didn't have disguised coverages back then. And I think that that's something that people overlooked a little bit until you went back and watched the all 22. And it was when they started to get some disguised coverages. And the thing was the tail end of the 2017 season. I want to say they started to have some pieces there, but then when Ryan Chazier got hurt, a lot of that kind of went to flu because they, he was a huge part of setting up those disguises and they kind of had to go back to base base looks and that got them eaten up quite up quite a lot at the end of the year in 2017. Hence the, uh, the them getting picked apart by Blake Bortles and Leonard Fournette and what was a number a top five offense that year, but still a uh, a a still an embarrassing performance by a defense that lacked a talented secondary. This secondary isn't that secondary, even though Patrick Peterson is in his prime, even though Levi Wallace isn't the fastest cornerback out there, even though Keanu Neal's coming off of coming off of you know free agency and Demonte KZ only played half the season last year. All these guys are solid veterans who, if nothing else, they know where to be. They know how to take 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 orders. They know how to take communication and work with their partners. These aren't guys that you're bargaining shopping for out of off of practice squads. And if and again, if Joey Porter Jr. is the guy you're hoping that he is, and this is a person that they definitely targeted, he's a different situation than Artie Burns. Artie Burns was a person that because of how the board fell in front of them with what William Jackson, the third, the Steelers took him because they, they knew they needed a cornerback and it didn't work out. Joey Porter jr. They took in the second round because he fell to the second round and they were just like, wow, we had this guy great as a first round guy. This worked out perfectly. And again, you combine with Patrick Peterson, you combine, combine with Levi Wallace and even the safeties make up Fitzpatrick, DeMonte KZ. I can't speak for Keanu Neal yet. Cause I haven't seen enough of him in action, but all those guys I've seen in Steelers in, in Steelers uniform, minus Patrick Peterson, of course. All those guys I've seen, they're communicators. They're guys who are on the field who can be in the right spot at the right time, and not all the time. You know, those times make it make it got beat. But this could be a defense that works around that. And we go back to that tight end problem and how that could be a weakness. There might be not a one-on-one solution, but there might be ways to mitigate that with the concepts that Terrell Austin's going to draw up. I think that's one of the biggest differences in the in the Steelers' defense moving forward compared to the years like under Keith Butler, because Keith Butler was a linebackers coach for many years. He kind of just uh, he kind of just ran forward with the Dick LeBeau philosophies, carried those on. That was kind of that was kind of his thing. Um, getting after the quarterback was still important. Stuff, stuffing the run was still important. But the Steelers needs needed help on the back end of the defense creating those disguised coverages, creating those concepts that are going to confuse quarterbacks and get your cornerbacks and your and your safeties in opportunities to make plays in the football, to create turnovers. I think all of this plays a big part, part in that. And part of that could also be setting up those baits to those tight end teams because, you know, we talk about uh, how, you know, you talk about George Kittle. Okay, cool. But – it's not like the Niners have the most prolific passing game in the NFL. Brock Purdy, who seems to be doing well with his recovery, might be the starter next year, which means you'll get a second-year player uh, who didn't even start a full season. 
and he might be rusty coming off his injury. There's opportunities there. It's not like you're going up against a well-oiled machine there. And I think that if the Steelers are able to accomplish that with the communication that we're talking about, that if Joey Porter Jr. and Corey Trice Jr. are both feeling that confidence in the calls, in the adjustments, in what they have to do, I think it'll go a long way to what the Steelers are going to try to do. I think it'll go it'll it'll actually help them mitigate what could be their biggest weakness, which is just finding matchups for tight ends. And those and those communication skills could be put to good work to make this defense a confusing unit for quarterbacks to figure out, which is a huge part. And I think maybe one of the more understated parts of some of the best defenses out there. It's not just how hard they hit. It's not just how many superstars they have. It's how many players they have that can stick to the plan and have the plan be something that can fool your opponents. Outthink them, outsmart them, outmaneuver them. And I do think the Steelers have the veterans, and from the sounds of it, maybe even the rookies, to pull that off. This has been the Locked on Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Thanks again for checking us out here on your favorite podcasting app and especially on YouTube. Thanks again uh, for checking us out. Like this video if you enjoyed it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all your daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as our bonus content. We thank you again for everyone who checks out the show. Rate us five stars with an app, with, with a positive review on Apple Podcasts. You get a shout out at the end of the show. And as always, if, if you have any money or anything that you can to donate, we are raising money for the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. If you want to help us out, use the link on screen uh, uh, that, that I have going to the campaign that, that, I, that I've been running. You can also use the QR code. Anything you donate is appreciated. And if you donate $10 or more, along with a phone call to 412-223-6644, you can get your, your, your phone call answered here right on the show and get your shout out on, on the show uh, within a week of your donation. So thanks again to everyone who has donated already. And thanks again to everyone who checks out the show. Again, I'm your host, Chris Carter. Follow me on Twitter at Carter Critiques. Read my work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Listen to our podcast at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette with the North Shore Drive podcast and all the content we do there. And you can find me here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast Monday through Friday, breaking things down on your Pittsburgh Steelers. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll be back Monday with more on your Pittsburgh Steelers right here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast.